Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Good. 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 Hey, I'm in my car. Is this okay? Uh, it sounds kind of weird. Okay. Let me, let me, let me pull over and I'll, uh, I'll put you, I'll just talk to you on the cell phone. Okay. Hold on. Going down that dirt road. Welcome to Lake Placid, New York's Olympic Village. It's home of the 1932 and 1980 Winter Olympics. Welcome to the show. We are Lake Placid. Brought to you by the Lake Placid News. I'm the editor, Andy Flynn, and we're celebrating all the people that make this one of the best places to live on Earth. Safe care right now. That's what you'll find at Adirondack Health. Many of you have delayed going to the doctor or the hospital during the pandemic, but at Adirondack Health, they've taken specific steps to increase your safety like streamlining their check-in process, using high-tech disinfectant machines. Bottom line, Adirondack Health makes your safety their top concern. Learn more at adirondackhealth.org. That's adirondackhealth.org. It was a Tuesday, April 6th. I spoke with Jeff Potter. He's the director of events for the Olympic Regional Development Authority, ORTA, in Lake Placid. And he's retiring after 36 years. He started in 1985 as an intern. And he sat down with the Lake Placid News over the phone and talked about his career. I want to start with um, uh, painting a picture of a a memory. If you could uh, describe a memorable moment in your career at Orta, one you'll always cherish, one you'll never forget. Is there something that may come to mind? Well, there's there's been so many. Um, You know, I I think if... uh, I step back. One of my my fondest is uh, when I first got to meet the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Back uh, probably the 10th anniversary was my my first time, and uh, it was really special. Uh, obviously, that uh, the greatest sports moment in the 20th century it happened in Lake Placid, and to to be working for a company that was charged with carrying on the legacy of two Olympic games. Uh, was was pretty special and uh it really was a, a an opportunity for me that uh provided a lifetime of memories um i've got to know all the guys pretty well over 36 years and uh certainly lake placid uh would not be the same without without that moment back in 1980 well you've uh, been working with these guys uh ever since especially with the um, uh miracle on ice fantasy camp is there is there one or two that really stand out that you've uh, come close to that you you really enjoy their company that sort of thing? There's probably uh, two. They're all they're all great guys, but uh, two that stand out: uh, Michael Ruzioni and uh, Buzz Schneider. Uh, why those two? Um, probably one I've I've spent the most time with with both of those guys. Uh, both just really down to earth people that uh, you know we've had the opportunity to 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 be, you know, work together, to have great partnerships um, with with the team as well as uh, individually for corporate events. But I think more importantly, just they've become really good friends. Well, the Miracle on Ice Fantasy Camp canceled last year because of the pandemic, canceled this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed, next year. Uh, let's talk about the pandemic just briefly. It hit in the middle of March last year. Events get canceled. Still no major events on, on the calendar. Uh, and you are the director of events at Orta. So what have, what have you been doing for the past year? 
Well, uh, a lot of planning, a lot of uh, reshuffling, a lot more planning, a lot more reshuffling. We had uh, two events uh, this past winter. Uh, one completed successfully without any incident, which was the North America's Cup bobsled and skeleton. Pretty proud of that accomplishment. Uh, we tested approximately 181 people over a, a couple of day period from athletes, officials, coaches, volunteers, and staff. And we were uh, zero for 181 as far as uh, positive uh, tests. So uh, we were able to hold that event uh, successfully, which helps not only our U.S. athletes and, and our friends to the north in Canada, but also some of the smaller nations who have athletes living in the United States. Uh, important because it is a qualifying year prior to the Games, and uh, we were able to success, successfully host that. The one that uh, obviously didn't uh, come to completion was the NWHL. And we uh, we worked pretty hard to, to get them here and had hopes of uh, making it to the championship and helping promote women's hockey and having a national uh, audience with the uh, championships on uh, NBC Sports Network. But uh, unfortunately, they uh, it didn't happen and COVID kind of got into the their little bubble and uh, we had to unfortunately cancel the rest of the season. The National Women's Hockey League, just for our listeners, but uh, is there anything that that could have been done differently that that might have you know uh, seen that that season come to completion, or is it just one of those things? I think it was just one of those things. Uh, they uh, it got into their you know into their teams and it spread within their teams and. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it was it was pretty devastating. Uh, it just shows how fragile uh, things are right now with uh, this pandemic. And I don't think uh, we could have done much differently from from our end to make that uh, come to completion. During a normal year, and now we're going to use that word normal. We don't know what that means anymore. But during a normal year, what are some of the bigger events that Orta puts on, just to, for folks, so so they know? Sure. Well, we've uh, annual events in the sliding sports for bobsled and skeleton and, and luge. Always, uh, we're, we're actually going into a, a, a new era with uh, Mount Van Hovenberg and all the upgrades out there with biathlon and, and uh cross country um we were just uh awarded uh, obviously covid uh, allowing us to to move forward the uh, national championships in biathlon in in 22 which will serve as a test event for the uh, world university games so uh, we're looking forward to high level competition in biathlon coming back the ecac hockey championships have have been an annual event um again uh, canceled the past two years but uh we're looking to bring them back for another another three. Again, COVID uh, allowing us to, to move forward with that. And uh, figure skating, uh, always uh, our summer competitions. You know, we always get on a schedule of a major figure skating event uh, about every uh, couple of years. Ski jumping is going to come back. Uh, we're going through a uh, revitalization of the landing hills this summer. And by next uh, next uh, early winter, we should be back with some uh, major ski jumping events in, in December, late December, and then in March as well. So 
trying to utilize all these venues uh, to the best of our ability with all the new upgrades. And uh, we'll probably hit just about every winter sport that we can. I just want to ask you a few questions about you so I have your background inf- uh, information sure. correct. Very quick. Uh, your birth date. Uh, March 9th, 1963. Oh, well, happy belated birthday. That was just... Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where did you grow up? Grew up in a small town of Hudson Falls, New York, just outside of Glens Falls. Just down the road, Hudson Falls. And what year did you graduate from there? Uh, 1981. And college? My freshman year, I was at the University of Colorado, putting myself through through college there and quickly realized I needed to uh, figure out life uh, financially and ended up at a state school, uh, Cortland, and uh, graduated from there in 1985 with a sports management degree and needed to do an internship. And uh, at the time, Ned Harkness was the CEO up here at, at Orta and that had started in 1982. And he had uh, started the Civic Center down in Glens Falls, where I grew up in the late 70s. And I got to know him. Uh, He was a family friend, and I got to know him and uh, called him up to see if there was an opportunity for an internship. So I came up in the summer of 1985 as an intern to start my career here. And what was your first job after the internship? Uh, Working in, uh, it was public relations back then, working for Don Crone. That's right, Don. I interviewed Don Crone in the spring of uh, 1997, just before he retired. And uh, he called you in that story. Uh, tireless was the word he used to describe you. Is is that accurate? Or was it accurate? Well, yeah, I think my upbringing uh, was uh, my mom and dad had, had a good work ethic, and they instilled that in myself and my siblings. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons I was able to secure a, a job back in 1985 uh, uh, after my internship was uh, just hard work and, and dedication to to what the mission was. And we uh, uh, were able to succeed in a lot of different things over those years. And uh, I think that uh, work ethic is uh, it really helped me along the way throughout my career and uh it allowed me opportunities that uh, I think uh, showed that uh, I could get the job done and, you know, was able to get promoted about every four or five years, but uh, which, you know, it kept me here. Uh, when I first started, I had envisioned maybe a you know five-year stint, but uh, quickly fell in love with the area and, and what was going on up here and loved the athletic side of things and, and the diversity of all the different sports and, uh, it really uh, kind of shaped my career, and uh, it really became uh, part of my life uh, for 36 years. What were some of those job titles that you went through? Oh, let me see. I was in uh, public relations and then uh, worked in, in marketing um, and then had a uh, short stint in events um, in the 90s and then went to uh, uh, head up corporate development for uh, 19 years. Uh, doing sponsorship and corporate programs, and then uh, have been doing events, uh, director of events for the last uh, four or five years. Now, Orta is uh, celebrating 40th anniversary this year, and uh, so you've been there for 36 of those 40 years, basically worked with some of the people who were who were hired uh, initially, you know, right? So, yes. And you've seen so many things happen. What are the biggest changes you've seen at Orta over the years? Well, obviously, the uh, 
capital investment from New York State in these facilities uh, over over the years. Um, obviously, we're we're going through a a huge capital investment uh, the last uh, three four years that are going to shape the next thirty to forty years. And I think the other thing that uh, has uh, has changed a lot is is the way our national teams approach sport. And when I first started, it was you had young athletes that when they got to that 18 to 20 year old age had to make a determination as to, am I going to move forward or am I going to go to college? And at the time, I don't think that the financial end of things uh, were there for athletes, elite athletes to make a living as, as a, as an athlete and, and chase their dreams of, of gold medals. And that certainly has changed over the years and, you're seeing athletes stay in the sports longer, um, these amateur, the quote unquote amateur sports, and uh, are competing into their, their early 30s and mid 30s. And um, that really changed the way it, it leveled the playing field for our, our American athletes because uh, they were competing as 20 year olds against veteran uh, international athletes at 28 to 32 years old. So you're the events guy. How have events at Orta changed over the years? I know from the mid-80s, I grew up in Tupper Lake just down the road. I remember going to rock concerts, Tina Turner, Huey Lewis in the News, those sorts of things, and you don't see those now. So the events have changed too, right? Yeah, as you look at concerts, some of some of my memories are, are that uh, those same concerts uh, we used to have probably – Oh, eight to, to nine in a, in a calendar year, mostly during the summer months as, as bands were touring through the area. But, you know, that's changed as more facilities opened up, more summer locations, you know, similar to SPAC. And now down in uh, the Catskills, they've got a location in Massachusetts and, you know, New Hampshire. There's there's all these outdoor venues. And it's just gotten the business models changed and it's uh, – it's just gotten uh, very expensive to to do concerts like that. And as as our venues changed, you know, there was a period in the '90s where the uh, bobsled track was decertified, and uh, you know, we were able to build a new track in late '99, uh, 2000, as we prepared for the Goodwill Games, and uh, that brought international sliding sports back. And I think the the thing is the facilities as athletes uh, progress. Um, the uh, facilities have to keep up with the times and, you know, specs and homologations change to, uh, as the athletes change to, for the safety of the sport. So you've got to keep up with, with all the improvements and modifications. And I think we're going through that transformation right now. And uh, hopefully that sets us up for the, the future here. Well, we've talked about how order has changed over the years. We've talked about how events have changed. What about Jeff Potter? How have you changed over the years? Well, you know, I've uh, I've had great opportunities. I've worked with some some great people uh, during my time here. You know, I've learned a lot. Uh, every every event is a learning experience, and you know, you try to go through life and uh, you, you make mistakes and you try to correct them so you don't repeat them. And I think I've uh, become more patient uh, with the experience. And uh, you know, in the event business, you have to always uh, you know plan adjust, make new plans and, uh, and try to, uh, deal with things as they come at you in a very level-headed and logical way and make decisions that, 
are, are sound in judgment and uh, try to keep a level head about uh, about things. So uh, as, as Ted Blazer always used to say, keep your powder dry. So over the years, you must have had somebody, uh, some somebody to look up to, some sort of mentor. Anybody uh, fill that role or, or inspire you over the years? You know, in my early years, obviously Ned Harkness, who got my start, was a great CEO to to work for. You know, just uh, he he was a very demanding CEO. He wanted you to be prepared. He he demanded excellence and expected more. Like he was probably the first one that. Uh, that shaped my career here working for Don. Uh, Don was a guy that was a tireless uh, worker as well. Um, so he, he taught me a lot along the way. Chris Sullivan was another guy that uh, worked for us uh, up until 97. And I worked with him on many projects and corporate programs over the years. And uh, he, uh, he certainly helped shape my career once I moved into uh, sponsorships and corporate programs. You know, and then have worked with with a lot of great people. Jim Goff was uh, I worked for him as uh, in events, great person. And, uh, you know, Ted and Jeff Byrne, as we went through the the 90s, uh, Ted as a as the CEO and Jeff as a senior vice president. uh, Again, great people to work for. And now, you know, to have Mike Pratt in place and and, and doing a great job with uh, all the capital investment and uh, all the future uh, planning and and uh, things that are coming down the pike uh, has just been a great opportunity for my career. You can't find jobs like this in too many places around the world, right? You get to uh, meet Olympians all the time. You're working at international uh, sporting events. Uh, you're you help uh, be a steward of these Olympic venues in New York State and tell the history about that. Is that maybe part of what what has kept you here? Is that just this is such a unique job and is such a unique place? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know to be uh, working here, you know, and those people in the state legislature back in the in the eighties, early eighties, that created ORTA had a vision. You know, Lake Placid, the Olympic Authority, New York State. We are the premier legacy organization. Uh, from an Olympic Games, uh, there's there's nothing like it in the world, and we continue to keep all these facilities going. We keep uh, bringing uh, young athletes in to help them prepare to chase a dream, and hopefully they succeed. And uh, it's uh, it's it's been a great opportunity to be associated with all the different winter sports uh, to meet the athletes. A lot of the athletes that I met, you know, 30 years ago have gone on to either be a, a coach or a uh, executive director of their federations or have gotten into the uh, officiating side of, of their sport or are working for the International Federation now. Or, and, uh, or been on Dancing with the Stars or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Some yeah, of them. For sure. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it can't be an easy job. Whatever you've done, it just cannot be easy, especially your work for the government, and things are never easy with the government. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to face? Well, you're, uh, you know, obviously working for state government. Uh, there's a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow. And uh, in the event business, you've got to get things done. You know, the, the, the gun goes off at, at a certain time. You know, there's no delaying that. So, You've learned to kind of uh, 
make things happen and, and figure out how to, how to work through the system. And, uh, you try to do the best that you can and, uh, prepare your facilities, prepare your staff and volunteers and, uh, make sure that, uh, you have a, a good, safe competition for the, uh, for the athletes as, as well as the visiting public. What about uh, some of your personal successes? What, what, what do you, when you look back, what, what do you see as some of those uh, biggest accomplishments that you've had? Oh, there's been many. Um, you know, the one that I, I really have enjoyed is is taking our corporate programs and then building the fantasy camp with the 1980 guys. Back in 2008, Rick Cassidy and I had the idea of, of uh, trying to do a fantasy camp and, uh, Rick kind of helped me put it together and we got it out for sale. And this was before social media and, uh, you know, all the different ways to, to communicate with people. And we, uh, we got it on sale. Um, we bought an ad USA hockey magazine and working with, with them to, to try to sell it. And I think we had 14 people signed up and then the economy kind of tanked. And it got, became a little bit more difficult to, to reach people. And nobody had, uh, you know, disposable income. So we canceled that. We had hoped to, to get it off the ground. But uh, we so we kind of took the playbook, put it on the shelf. And at the 35th, uh, the year of the 35th anniversary, Katie Million was working for us. And she had a passion for the Olympic uh, hockey team and uh decided to kind of dust that playbook off and give it another shot. And uh, we were able to host that first one successfully in, in uh, 2015. So, uh, and it was, it was great. The thing that happened out of that were the campers that, that, that came have created their own bond with the 80 guys, but also amongst themselves. So people from all over the country who never knew each other really uh, bonded at the camp they stay in touch. They travel to each other's uh, home states to play in hockey tournaments, and uh, they've become really good friends themselves. It's been great to be a part of, and and uh, you know to be able to share the joy of being around these athletes and just sharing stories and just having a great time with uh, with the 1980 team. Jeff Potter, director of events for the New York State. Olympic Regional Development Authority, retiring after 36 years on the job. I imagine, uh, you're retiring at the end of April, I imagined uh, uh, you walking down the hallway with a box with stuff from your office or however that works for you. Uh, you've been there so long, maybe it's more than one box. Is there something that's that's in your office that you're going to put in that box, like a memento that you'll always keep? Well, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> this kind of... Uh, personal of nature. Um, my dad was a, uh, three sport athlete at Plattsburgh state and, uh, had, uh, I have a picture of him being inducted into the hall of fame up there that has, uh, been on my walls since, since he was inducted and he passed away actually 24 years ago today at way too young. And, uh, he certainly was, was my inspiration growing up and, it, uh, it, that picture's been on the wall with me for a long time. And uh, it, it just was reminded me of working hard, being dedicated to a cause, keeping uh, a level head and, and approaching things with a, with a calm demeanor. And uh, 
I, I've carried out many a box already, Andy, uh, collecting uh, uh, memorabilia over 36 years. It's, uh, it is more than one box and one trip. So yeah. I just got a few few things left right now. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great uh, a great opportunity, a great career, and uh, um, I will uh, look forward to uh, the next chapter in life. Uh, one more question about your dad. What was your dad's name? He went by Jack. It was John Potter. Gotcha. Um, he grew up in Southlands Falls, and uh, he uh, had the opportunity. He was a, a good athlete in, in high school. He got drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates to pitch. He was supposed to report to their minor league facility and got drafted into the Army. So he uh, had a two-year stint in, uh, in Europe and uh, played uh, soccer while he was there and then came back and went to Plattsburgh State. Uh, where he met my mom and played the uh, soccer, basketball, and baseball there. So uh, you're a North Country boy. I can't, I can't imagine you moving away. Maybe you are. What What are your plans for the future? Uh, no, I'm staying in the area. You know, I'd like to uh, to get south during uh, during April, but uh, love the summer months up here, and I uh, I hope to be involved in in some capacity on a part time basis, but uh, working towards the uh, World University Games in, in 23. So, and you, um, you don't live right in Lake Placid, do you? No, I live in Wilmington. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. Well, Jeff Potter, thanks for your time and good luck with everything and enjoy your vacation wherever you go. Thanks, Andy. Take care. And I, I, I oh, yeah. forgot to mention one of my fondest memories was uh, you got engaged in front of the marquee <laughs> on, on Main Street and I you proposed to your your fiance, and I put a little uh, message up there for you. You so. did. We have a personal connection. I guess we should tell people that was December fifth, nineteen ninety seven. No, wait, no, nineteen ninety six. December fifth, nineteen ninety six. And um, yeah, I uh, I wanted to propose to my wife the old um, sign, not the one that's there now. The old sign. You were yep. in charge of putting the. Uh, the message is on there, and I called Jeff. I said, hey, Jeff, do me a favor. And you, you put it up there, and we still have the photos of when we proposed. I I drove her down Olympic Drive, gave her, uh, my wife Dawn, um, a, a card. And she was, so she's reading this card as we're going down the hill. And then I park right in front of the sign, and she's, you know, probably, you know, misty-eyed, you know, crying. Because this is, you know, there was some nice things back then. I'm not that romantic now. But I said, look up. <laughs> And she looked up, and then then she really started crying. And of course, I had the uh, Lake Blasted News photographer waiting outside there, so we had a specific time. I didn't pay him, um, but we had just come from a store where I bought a six pack of Sam Adams or something, and that was his payment for the photography. So um, it was Rob Fountain, and so I really appreciate it. We're forever connected in this, and uh, I appreciate you doing that for me. <laughs> Uh, one of one of the great memories, Andy was uh, was being able to to help you out with that. So, well, I appreciate it. I'm sure you helped other people out too, right? We're not the only ones. Oh, over the over the years, sure. All right. Well, stay well, my friend. Thank you, Andy. It's Take- been a pleasure, and uh, and uh, keep up the good work. Go downhill. For more on this story and the latest news in sports from New York's Olympic region, check out the Lake Placid News. We're on stands now. Or, if you insist, check us out online at www.lakeplacidnews.com. Special thanks to Dan Bergren for providing our music. 
Learn more about Dan and his fascinating story, A Life in Radio, Education, and Folk Music at BergerInFolk.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Flynn, editor at the Lake Placid News. We are Lake Placid. Thank you.